0: episode 1 for the month of february but it also might be the last week of january first week of february
1: maybe even april august May, uh, maybe september let's okay okay let's, let's, uh, we'll, we'll get a firm,
0: <laughs> like release date uh, um DBS consumers volume 2 for september 2018 <laughs> <laughs> uh. and, and we're back and we're starting over Yes, so uh for any of you long time listeners, we're obviously I'm back into radio voice already, <laughs> um, but we are gonna try something a little bit different, try to keep it more updated and fresh with what's actually going on in our lives, and uh
1: also, we're just gonna be looser as far as like the format a little bit, but not the uh, uh, we're gonna be briefer, yeah so uh, more succinct think, <laughs> there we the, go
0: there we go words
1: more direct so like you know no probably no more four-hour episodes and, we were already uh, kind of curbing those but
0: yeah sometimes they were four-hour
1: episodes split into two episodes
0: i mean honestly the original like right now we've kind of got it to a point where we are we at least meet once a week maybe twice to talk about what we're working on yeah so and then
1: watch crap on youtube
0: yeah half the time <laughs>
1: Uh, at and least then we realized, wait, it. Yeah. maybe we should have done something productive.
0: Yeah. Yes. So what uh, is for now? It's going to be Nathan and I kind of focus on this. Um, Skylar is always welcome.
1: Yeah. And Skylar will definitely be back, especially probably more spoiler casts and kind of things like that.
0: It, it's also harder for Skylar to get out of the house now, yeah. which is part of the problem. Yeah. So um, what we're thinking about doing for now, and the format's going to change. It's going to be kind of whatever. But the idea is more like I'm trying to really think out like what the new format's going to be. So maybe this is episode really zero. Uh, no, this is episode one. Okay, it's negative one. I got it. <laughs> it's negative one. We're going backwards. We're
1: absorbing previous episodes. Yeah, so
0: so uh, this is actually this is going to be a stand-in for our lost episode, the Star Wars episode, <laughs> yeah. um, the
1: Last Jedi, uh, which of course. Justin is slowly working on the review that he has. I was, I was actually
0: it. going to just completely trash the review. So speaking about what we're working on right now, um, so the kind of broad header now is I'm not much of a writer anymore unless it's for dubious consumption. Um, I would say less of a fiction writer. Yes, me. yes. I wouldn't um, say you're any less of a writer. Yeah, there's a lot of writing that goes on yeah. with this. Um, but So I have dubious consumption now on YouTube. And Nathan just released a difficulty concentrating episode. Finally, yes, after the, months, the
1: the the months of uh, everything going wrong, and then finally getting the but uh, like bravery to just go fuck for it. it all the way. Yeah, the fuck it! I hit the fuck it moment. As yeah, he says
0: you hit fuck it, <laughs> yeah, you go from there. Um, yeah. So. What the idea is right now, and this is always gonna, this is always subject to change, is that we're going to kind of talk about where we are, what we're working on right now, and then something that we recommend, something that we, either that we've, kind of a, a shorter version of the old format, but this is, instead of, hey, this is something I've watched, it could just be something completely random, like, yeah. I completely support Vic's VapoRub because of sickness. You know, I okay. like to be able to breathe. Like, something stupid like that. It can <laughs> Justin's be already searching
1: for sponsors, I see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, at least this will be a smaller, digestible format that we can do without... With more
1: regularity. Right. Without blocking out larger blocks of time.
0: I mean, I, I, mean, I got really, uh, what's the word, um, ambitious... Where, I think the
1: thing, the term is in the weeds, is what we actually. <laughs> well, I,
0: I I say ambitious because we on one of the podcasts we literally recorded with two different computers on three different mics that I tried to sync up and then found that there was a weird time time dilation effect going on between them that I had to then like expand it out so it fit right. That was weird, and then we bought Which time, that
1: is that that episode is
0: up. that was, that, that, that was the last episode of volume. Um, no, we have the vo- we have the episode that we recorded in the garage that we live streamed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So technically, that's the last one, but it never hit the stream. Yeah. So I might need to put that up beforehand.
1: Uh, Maybe I think we should just leave it as the live stream.
0: Okay, like, the live stream episode. Yeah. Um. I and
1: I, that's the other thing that will possibly be more regular in the future. We'll see. the more live stream kind of format as we one bolster up equipment and you know plan
0: things out well and i mean one of the things now is that we have the garage i have my screen set up in there i've even got the green screen which is where we recorded the last live stream podcast and technically we could set this up as a as a set basically yeah we you could know, we could get the pull
1: it, Put it to the side.
0: Pull it back out. Pull it to the side, but just as simple a breakdown as I possible. I mean, honestly, at, at this point, I'm not totally okay if my car gets completely pelted by hail <laughs> and becomes total. So <laughs> I don't, it, it was. The, it's mainly the winter where I started parking in the garage again, which makes sense because Oklahoma winters, which didn't really exist this year anyway, but there was still some icing over. There was still super cold nights. Yes. Yes. So anyway. What have you been working on, Nathan?
1: Uh, well, after finishing the first Difficulty Council training episode... Which was what again? Uh, Total Recall and it's Audience Surrogates, I believe was the final title, please. So
0: something like that that I yeah. just bullshitted my way. Well, I
1: <laughs> mean, you were trying to like take the thesis and make it into the title, which makes sense.
0: Right, right. Um, so... Which I'm sure
1: in a year I'll
0: cringe at that episode after oh, making a bunch,
1: But the next one i'm working on is a recommendations episode as well as like introduction to uh graphic novels that may not necessarily be on everybody's radar okay
0: um is there a specific date you're trying to hit with this one
1: i'm trying to to get it out by the third week of february like the the 25th there
0: no 23rd of friday 25th. So, that's uh, for Black Panther?
1: Or... Uh, come out. It would come out after Black Panther. It would be the week after Black
0: Panther. Okay, but still a good yeah. introduction. In between
1: Black Panther and, I think, Annihilation comes out that last week. Okay,
0: yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the, what the other big one Oh, they just really fucking dropped a trailer for Wasp and Ant-Man.
1: Yeah, that's not until
0: July. Yeah, I was just like, wait, that's coming out in July? Yeah. Like,
1: well, they've got other movies to promote.
0: <laughs> well, but isn't Infinity War coming out in May?
1: Yeah. So, but the other Ant-Man came out in
0: July. Right, but it's just... So we know at least he's surviving the Purge. But you also
1: don't know if this in continuity happens before
0: or after Infinity War. True, true, true. So, it also
1: looks like it's also still in San Francisco. So we don't really know. Well, it's
0: kind of like uh, spoilers for Thor Ragnarok. Thor loses his eye, and it wasn't until um, the trailers for Infinity War came out that you actually saw him without and his. It eye. wasn't
1: in the Comic Con folks that was leaked.
0: Right, right. It's just in the new, the actual trailer they released after Thor Ragnarok that he's missing his eye. And my mother's like, "Wait, he lost his eye?" I was like, yes, you actually have to keep up with the comic book movies to <laughs> like, be surprised about this." There's continuity. Yeah. Um asmr moment right? <laughs> so we're also announcing uh my weekly asmr shows <laughs> yes, i don't know about that but
1: uh but uh the whole idea of the episode is to take 10 works that i think are great graphic novels or were serialized as comic books but are now all collected um that i feel like have are that some of them might be popular and known to comic book people but to people who are not necessarily comic book super fans, are they gonna know? They they might know who the creator is because they've seen work by them, but they're not necessarily the most overt. Like, like there's Watchmen, but how many people know about From Hell?
0: Right. Well, well especially mean, now, like well, after the. I mean, they know about From Hell because of the Johnny Depp and Tim Burton movie, which
1: bomb. But... No, it wasn't Tim Burton it wasn't tim burton no it was the the uh hughes
0: brothers okay so it so totally took on that aesthetic of like sleepy hollow and everything like it was just it was one of those that was like one bum bum Mm bum that i always assumed that it was a tim burton movie like it so feels like it to me for some reason
1: i think it's just because johnny depp is the lead
0: and it's also and it's
1: early two thousands, so you're still thinking, like oh, it, creepy Johnny Depp movie. But
0: it's also him having an opium addiction, and you know, so okay, so I'm but, completely uh, wrong.
1: At the same time, it's like there there are more obscure like works in the list right. I'm working from, so I don't necessarily want to
0: bury too hard, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of like the there's a distinction between superhero comic book adaptations yeah, and then stuff that's just a comic a- or a graphic novel adaptation like superhero i've seen recently the argument that superhero movies have ruined comic book adaptations mainly because they've become the catch-all like people don't there are a ton of really good adaptations of graphic novels like ghost world
1: yeah.
0: but nobody it's- thinks
1: that's the thing is there's a lot of dramas there's a lot of uh smaller bio-
0: autobiographical
1: or right. memoir or uh um, sh- short story collections or you know like mysteries or fantasy or science fiction that don't have any superheroes or superpowers or
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, but people, whenever you say comic book adaptation, they instantly go, oh, you mean superheroes.
1: But Valerian was a comic book adaptation. Right. Uh, and that's more of just like a straight-up hard sci-fi with a lot, of, a little bit
0: of cartooniness. Well, Atomic Blonde was... Atomic
1: Blonde, which is more of an a action spy thriller. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are comic books. This is this is actually like a whole rant I want to eventually do a video on. Okay.
0: Of. So hey, yeah. um, write that down. Oh, that's
1: the I've been writing it down. Um t- yeah, we really get mad about it,
0: tweet at Nathan <laughs> at, at Nate One Neutron. And yeah. uh, well, reminder. it's just it's just
1: the fact that like uh, there is the superhero genre which transcends comic books, right? There are superheroes in film before you know comic book adaptations really took off. In the late seventies,
0: oh yeah, yeah, you know there were already
1: superhero-like characters.
0: It just wasn't until the late late nineties that we finally started to at least get a grip on what that could be. I think like Blade was one of the first ones there.
1: Yeah, but it's also just like the idea of like there's doesn't the cost. It's not about the costume. It's about do they seem to have preternatural abilities? Do they seem to? be able to always be in the right place and they seem to survive things that no one else seems to be able to survive you, you mean know? sherlock holmes uh, yeah. yeah but also look the way the fact that in the most recent fast and the furious movie because this was in the trailer but that the rock grabbed a missile right and yeah. threw it and the Fast and Furious movies are not a comic book adaptation, but clearly everyone in that movie is a fucking superhero now. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, cars are their their special ability. <laughs> yeah. Um. And they
1: seem to be able to survive the stuff no one else would be able to survive. Right. But, but that's just like it's one of those things there's like it's such a hard distinction to make, really, for a lot of people who don't understand don't understand that they're adaptations they're not right they're not just like they didn't just tear the comic book page and glue it to the film that that's a motion comic right
0: (laughs) well i mean and and more i'm just kind of getting into there is a distinction between superhero graphic novels and graphic novels out of every other block that a lot of people may not even realize that
1: like like books there are genres right right. (laughs) exactly like (laughs) movies there are genres. Graphic
0: novel. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, as I said, it, I think it would be a—it's a valuable service, especially with the uh, flood we're having right now, and who knows when the bubble's going to burst. Um, Any
1: day now. I mean, I really think what's
0: going to happen is
1: like <laughs> it'll just—it'll take a lot longer
0: than people think. I mean, we've, we've, the, We're have already a decade. I was going to say, the Infinity War is a decade after Iron Man. Yeah, 10 years later. Yeah, we have 10 years of sustained Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Yeah, there will be at with, that point with only, 18 uh, or 19 films.
0: Yeah, but with only like two or three that have actually been like just ignored. Yeah. Like, like incredible which is not even completely ignored because the ending of it is a complete setup for the reveal in Avengers.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Because that's actually where uh, more of the Nick Fury Avengers... That's where he says Avengers initiative, right?
0: Uh, I'm not sure about that, but I do know that... Well, the after the credits <coughs> scene was uh, Tony Stark meeting with uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. But the ending for The Incredible Hulk is him sitting in the middle of nowhere doing yoga, opening his eyes and having that green look. Like having the evil look. And it's clearly supposed to lead right into the reveal of Avengers, which is that he is now in control of. He's able to, he's always angry and is able to control the transformation.
1: Well, and I think they also kind of surreptitiously saved... Incredible Hulk by bringing back Thunderbolt Ross for Civil War. That that too. I as I
0: said, I re whenever I rewatched it the last time, it was like at the end you were just like, is he turning evil? Like what's going on there? And then they have that reveal, and you go, you don't remember it because Incredible Hulk is kind of a forgettable movie. It's yeah. there. I still like a lot of things about it. But, and Ned Norton
1: is a really good Bruce Banner in that movie. Yes. Like I don't know if he would have been good as. A performer in the overall, like when they're all as a group, I think Mark Ruffalo has a much better like, yeah, like interaction
0: with, because
1: Edward Norton is apparently semi-famous for being
0: disagreeable behind the scenes, which is the whole character he had with uh, Birdman, and playing into that. Yeah, they played directly into that.
1: Uh, But uh, so, what have you been working on there, uh, Justin? Your You don't have to go into very much. I know. Uh,
0: I know. Just just to be completely honest, I have a two-part Clive Barker thing that was originally one that I did split into two.
1: Yeah. That's your... Long, that, the two videos together are a long-term
0: project. For you. Yeah. That that one I've been working on, that was uh, a, a ill-conceived um, trying to get it done in October, in the month of October.
1: Well, also, you, you got to remember you went from
0: not having a
1: job to having a job again?
0: In the, yeah, right, like a week before October, yeah, and it's a full-time job, and I yeah, and I, I ran out of coffee for about a month there, three weeks, <laughs> so I would come home and just pass out. So, um, the other, so, I have my year-end list I'm almost done with, I'm on number three, I have seven. I have seven of my uh, entries finished, <laughs> so I'm almost there. And then I'll get that transposed real quick. Um, I have my Star Wars, which may or may not come out, just because the moment's kind of passed. Mm,
1: whatever, it'll still hit.
0: Yeah. something. it'll hit something, but it's not. It's not a priority. Yeah. Right now, the priority is Hellraiser Judgment. We've talked about it a lot. Um, I happened to get a copy two weeks early somehow. Well, he
1: ordered the copy, said it was going to be in
0: at the end end of February. Yeah,
1: and it came in the end of the previous month.
0: Yeah, it (laughs) it showed up. It showed up on um, Monday. Yeah, or no, show it showed up on Tuesday.
1: Yeah, so the thirtieth.
0: Yeah, it showed up on the thirtieth, and it was supposed to show up on February twenty
1: eighth. Yeah. So... Literally four weeks early. <laughs> yeah,
0: and it's not supposed to come out at all until the 13th. So... I've um, done a first viewing where I recorded myself, but very similar to our Mulholland Drive one. Yeah. Um, and I included my bona fides beforehand. Which of you
1: haven't watched the Mulholland Drive one go uh, give that a
0: look. It, it So that one's interesting because we both kind of give our bona fides beforehand. We did a time lapse that's a mostly but partial look at us watching it because the camera kept cutting yeah camera kept cutting out so this time i lowered the quality made sure that it had enough time Mm -hmm. and got the entire thing pretty much in one go and so i'm going to be doing a time lapse of me watching it and then i'll have a review up for it all and then if i'm being really ambitious we'll see Get out that cl- the first part of the Clive Barker video series that I'm doing um, this month. That's that's the plan for February. Yeah. So that's a lot, but yeah. the, the at least the Hellraiser stuff I already have all that. Well, you um, have the
1: Clive Barker stuff written.
0: I have the I have this Clive Barker stuff written, recorded, loaded into the thing, and I've started putting the text down. So um, the problem is, is that I'm covering like. Technically, it's like eleven movies, but I'm only using clips from like four. But it's still four movies worth of clips that I have to go through, come through, cut the ground, like put together. So that's kind of what it's more. Um, uh, what's that decision paralysis? It's, yeah, it's, I can't remember
1: what they, it's. Well, like say the paralysis of analysis. And paralysis.
0: Yeah, yeah, analysis paralysis is mm-hmm. kind of what it is. Where I'm kind of going like, I have so many choices
1: and uh i think i will relay something from the end of my uh total recall video when i had to kept keep recutting stuff (laughs) just fuck it just recut the shit out of it and just go well
0: well, i mean to be completely honest when we're talking about the channel we've had a whole lot more uh copyright
1: well i think that's just the nature of
0: well part i mean part of it i accidentally um angered the wb gods By uh, continually re-uploading my Inception video, which then got them to manually review that and dock me. So I've kind of started messing with, you know, coloring and changing the look of the frames and changing more than just slowing them down or whatever. But through nobody's fault, we've also angered the um, Lionsgate gods. Well, that, that was my fault. I'm not blaming you.
1: Oh, I'm blaming I'll blame I am blame myself. Yeah. So,
0: so we've had uh, Stephen King's it hit. We've had the Ninth Gate blocked in eight countries. So, I do need to change that um, thumbnail yeah. banned in eight countries. And wow. then um, we. So, I, I I do have a couple of copyright disputes going um, right now. Just trying to the other big thing in at least channel news is YouTube has changed their stuff. And yes, so uh, the
1: whole subscriber hours watched debacle of
0: uh, So I have uh, more than eleven thousand hours watched, but we there's pretty much no way we're gonna hit a thousand subscribers by and, the date.
1: But the thing is is once we do we can reapply.
0: Right. But the problem is is that we're doing fair use stuff that they're well, most but, likely gonna say no to.
1: Well that's why we created we keep working on the channel and right. keep making new I doing as many different ideas as
0: possible. Exactly. So, that's kind of where we're at creatively at the moment.
1: I don't know if we'll ever be appropriate for five-year-olds, but...
0: <laughs> well, hopefully now that Logan Paul has done suicided Things Up... Um... Yeah. The, the millionaire's the victim. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. The um, They are manually reviewing things, so... They are less likely, you know, us, our trailer reaction for Hellraiser Judgment, where we're, we the trailer plays in the back, like the audio of the trailer plays in the background, and we just sit there talking about the franchise, got tagged as not suitable for most viewers. Just, But
1: that's the thing, is it's going to have keywords. Hellraiser in the title of it.
0: Right. It, so. It's keywords, where I'm saying, what I'm saying is that they're now manually reviewing things, especially in that upper tier, so that they will be able to go. Okay, this is... Like, my Stephen King It review, the top ten things missing from the adaptation, got hit as... Got demonetized, essentially. And luckily, I was getting enough views at that point. But I literally used the 1990s clips that have no gore, which is one of the things... Like, they go, oh, it's Stephen King's It, so there's the gore. And then they watched it after I made a made review and went, oh, no, this one's fine for monetization. Yeah. And so I got you know, yeah. back.
1: It's just, it's going to be the thing.
0: It's, yeah. So, it's, we'll all, it's
1: all going to be a problem. It's just how it goes.
0: So, the as, as we've uh, talked about, the second part of our episode is the idea of uh, something we would recommend to somebody. One item, you, you know, each week just to kind of say, hey, this is what we're into. So, uh, Nathan, what do you have to recommend?
1: Well, um, because of. Wormwood, the Netflix uh, Errol Morris yes. project. Uh, I've been kind of slowly going back and watching some of the old Errol Morris pictures that I haven't seen in a while. And uh, I watched it in the line, which I'd seen before. And then I also, I finally made it to Vernon, Florida. Which Vernon, Florida is the documentary. his the second documentary. It uh, is from... 1981. Um, originally, it was going to be titled Nub City. The reason why it was going to be called Nub City is Vernon, Florida was the capital of people dismembering themselves to collect insurance money. I mean, including putting a shotgun to their foot and blowing their fucking foot off.
0: That sounds legit to me.
1: Yeah. So Errol was going around, talking to people, interviewing people, but he asked too many questions. So he ended up getting a death
0: threat. As you do.
1: So he finished interviewing some of the other people, not asking them as much about the the controversial element of the town, or whoever would still talk to him after that. Right and uh spent time just culling what they had of the footage and they really the movie is only about a little over an hour long
0: okay so not so not much there not but much there but
1: the thing is is like it becomes this like document of like this kind of rural America that you, you don't like some of the really much older people <laughs> that are in the the you meet this older man who uh has a a possum in a cage and a turtle in a cage and he takes it but he's really so so ridiculously old he just blabbers on you meet the preacher who's trying to like kind of save people and has had this like experience where like every time he needs something god has ended up providing like he tells this whole story about how he got the ban and but the character who's utterly fascinating is this guy who is obsessed with hunting turkeys. The whole boo, every time he shows back up, he's telling you another story about a different turkey that he killed and how he killed him. Through the kind of juxtapositions of the different people and the different stories and stuff, it ends up almost turning into a Samuel Beckett play where you know it's very absurd nothing really happens there's this li- lingo there's this this very specific way of talking that the characters have because they just grew up in a small town in Florida and a lot of them are from an older generation and so there's this very specific way of talking lingo and all that just, just like it's just so it turns into this like almost Bechtian nightmare of like, what the fuck is wrong with this place? You know, <laughs> like, right, but at the same time, it's like absurd, and so it's kind of funny. Like, every time the guy goes and then he double gobbled, and then I just Bow! I was into him, and that's his beard. got am 11 inch beard, too. It's like, <laughs> you're like, uh, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah. He literally has a plaque covered in the two feet and the beards of all of the turkeys he's killed. Okay. And he keeps point and that one's that one right there after he tells the story about killing one. Uh but it's just like this fucking just totally it is not the document he set out to make, but right. at the same time it's the book kind of the beginning of like Errol Morris's kind of like Absurd point of view. I mean, this is a guy who got Donald Rumsfeld to talk about being Donald Rumsfeld and all his obsession with memos and the the tabloid lady who pretended she who kidnapped a guy and like you know, there's all these who the only film director to <laughs> completely exonerate someone for murder because he got the confession. You know, I mean, this this is from the other guy. I mean, this is, like, one of those... Right. This guy's absurd life is just a part of, like, the absurdity of it all. And just... Which continues throughout... Through the recent project, Wormwood. But if you haven't seen Worm... Uh, burn in Florida. I almost said Wormwood, Florida. Uh, uh, check it out. Right now it's on Netflix and on Filmstruck. So you there's two streaming kind of options i know both of them are paid services but right it's only an hour of your time and it's it's this totally strange world you get to like and I'm like being maybe it's being from a semi-rural kind of area that it makes it more fascinating to me i don't know right but it just it's it's very intriguing so uh justin is there
0: something that
1: you would recommend that people uh
0: yeah um the you know there's so many weird things that i've watched recently but probably the one that has i'm actually not even going to be able to really talk about because based off my own rules for my year-end list i can't talk about this which is three billboards outside of ebon missouri well i think so about uh, I, I I'm I'm not because I have got I've got integrity in my list, but I, I do mention it just um barely with uh, Samara Weaving, because um, she's also in another one of my favorite movies from last year.
1: Yeah, it was kind of a funny coincidence when you figured you yeah know. yeah I was like we were the? talking and you were like who played this person and I was like oh shit they were in that other movie yeah. you're like oh you thought- I was like
0: she Samara Weaving, like that that. Whoever the the zoo the zoo shit girl yeah, the, was
1: the was she was she,
0: she was my favorite character in the whole thing, and you're like, oh, it's Samara Weaving. What? <laughs> ah! So, um,
1: yeah, you had a total fanboy moment. It was it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I ended up having to watch a couple of uh, interviews trying to figure out how to pronounce her name because, um, it's you know Samara from the Rings ring movies. And then, uh, some, it could be Samara, it could be anything. The first interview I watched, she called herself Sam. And I was like, okay, well.
1: Okay, Sam.
0: And then, found one that, and then I watched a couple more interviews, and they just never actually went by her name. And then finally she said it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now I know how to say Samara. Let's, uh, Thanks. Yeah, got it. Um, it's kind of like, I, so
1: there's a comic book writer. Uh, His last name is spelled C or artist as well. C-L-O-W-E-S. It looks like Klaus. Yeah. But for the longest time, we all said clothes. I don't know why. It was literally just a thing. Everybody I knew called him Daniel Close. Yeah. And then I want to say five years ago, I finally heard him say Klaus. And I was like. All yeah. this time, yeah. right? And a, a friend of mine, and I, she, uh, she had said, "Oh, yeah, you're the new uh, clothes," and I was like, "I actually found out it's clothes," and she was like, "It, it is,", is? <laughs> right, right. Like that's how surprised we were of like the mispronunciations that just kind of develop. So, well, sorry. It, it,
0: it's it's the fun part of reading is that you know until it's like the word macabre, until you you know macabre, macabre, yeah. You know, you have to actually. That, Macabre, I, yeah. I think I think Maccabree is still my favorite. Like mispronunciation of a, it. it. It's almost a Maccabee. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thanks, so, Moses. so three billboards outside Evan, Missouri, um, is a uh, Martin McDonough. Yes. Um, the
1: third Martin McDonough
0: film. Right, uh, you know, amongst all of his other plays, and um, I'm actually, I went. I, I don't know. I went into it. I'm, you know, seven psychopaths just kind of glanced off me. Uh, in Bruges, I really did not like, but I, I have the real big feeling I need to rewatch it and actually like immerse myself in that. But for Three Billboards, I went into it just going, "Hey, it's Francis, Mac- Francis McDormand. You know, it's it looks interesting. It looks like it's going to be twisted and dark." which it definitely was
1: which it it's martin McDonough, so it's going to be twisted and dark. right but i'm
0: talking I, i'm trying to think of something that is similar like that that you know what killer joe yeah it, it's got that same like or it, it's definitely more um mature but than killer joe was but it has that similar, like, where you're sitting there one second laughing your ass off, and in a half a completely second... horrified the next moment. Yeah, or, or completely, you go from a super serious moment to just belly laughter to, in the next second, going to stunned silence. Like, absolutely every... Per- the, I would say every performance. The only one that I didn't like was um, Abby Cornish.
1: Um, oh yeah the chief Willoughby's wife
0: right cause she, her her acting seems so I hate to schizophrenic like it just like the the. I know it's her normal accent but it still seemed to be all over the place and the weird stuff like her being drunk The that whole last conversation she has um,
1: which is the third time uh, Woody Harrelson uh, that I can remember, Woody Harrelson being having a character that has a big dick. Oh, of course, of course. Every yeah, <laughs> it's it's like how many how many times can they say Woody Harrelson apparently has a big dick?
0: Which what, what was what was that one? Well, uh, oh yeah, uh, True, true detective. detective. That was it. I'm yeah. just a
1: regular guy with a huge ass dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how proud of himself he was when they said, "Yeah, yeah." Um. <laughs> So that, that might be his uh, Tom Hanks pissing in every movie or uh, Tom Cruise they gotta running.
1: He, they got to say he has a big dick every
0: movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, that that's probably the weakest point. Plus, hey, guess what? More Caleb Landry Jones.
1: Yeah, Caleb Landry Jones had the banner year of how many fucking great projects are you going to be a part of in one movie, in one year?
0: Yeah, they, well, the other thing I love about it is that it is normal normal caleb landry it is not creeper caleb landry <laughs> yeah, it's not psychotic it's caleb not landry. it's not get out caleb landry it's not antiviral caleb landry it's not Twin
1: Peaks, uh season three which caleb i
0: haven't landry. seen but obviously uh he he's known for being the weird guy and i just love that he got to do just kind of a sweet simpleton role
1: yeah
0: just like a, a regular person basically. yeah um so, honestly, it is. it has honestly leapt up to be one of my favorite films of all time. So, I've been trying to see it again and just have not got a chance. Like, my schedule is just too far off.
1: But What's interesting is, like, this movie is currently in the controversial camp. Right. Uh, especially as far as reactions, but I am one of those people that I feel like a lot of that conversation is neg- neglecting to mention that, one, this is an Irishman perspective of America. Right. So, in a way, the redu- if there is any reductionism or if there is any, like, things you completely disagree with or you don't really perceive them the way that this person does, that's okay. Right. If you're offended by something, that's... I think you're supposed to be. I don't think you're supposed to, like, not... It's not... It's putting things in front of your face to make you f- feel the feels.
0: The, the one thing I could say on the opposite end of that is that... If, you know... There's that whole double-edged sword with satire. Yeah. Where... No matter how outlandish the satire gets... There though, is always
1: it, the people that want to take it as truth.
0: Right. And so that that could definitely be taken, especially with the with um, that character's
1: with the way the third act kind of goes.
0: So. Well, I was even saying the first two acts of that the the you know until the more contemplative moments that that character has. Yeah,
1: but at the same time, it's like having read more of his plays. Right, his characters are typically. Completely and utterly despicable by the end. All of them. Everyone is a villain. There is not a hero in the bunch. Right. Every, you, by the time you get to the end, you have realized, oh, they were all terrible. And uh, there are some devices actually, specifically in the first trilogy of plays, the Kanamara trilogy. Um, that this this feels more like his early work than than really like the later work like in Bruges or Seven Psychopaths or The Pillow Man or you know and I still haven't read the the two uh I can't remember what they're called and I have the google right here but I'm not gonna use it but there's two <laughs> plays of his that I have I have not read at all that just, that are right in a different rural location in, in uh,
0: Ireland but Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing about this movie just not even, is the way that it walks that tightrope between you know, the easiest of plot lines, the revenge thriller, but also being a drama which is also, you know it's if nothing else you could describe this plot as an event happens that destroys a town. Well, and and like that's the other thing I think, that plot
1: in some ways, is very secondary in a lot of his stuff. Yeah, the it, plot is really all of the embeds and payoffs that are there. It's all of these little moments that are then referenced back and or get very clear character or uh, moments. Right payoffs, and there, and- there,
0: there isn't a character in this that is introduced <clears throat> that actually a named character in this that isn't. Doesn't have a payoff or a plot thread that is tied up. Yeah, everybody, even the even some of the smaller characters that you completely forget about do have an embed. Yeah, that you go. Oh yeah, of of course. Like it's so. As I said, it's just it's like. I mean, Twin Peaks is one of those type of things, Um, dark, which I really liked also um, on Netflix are those type of things where an event affects a town and it's a uh, it's, broad church yeah broad church that yeah. sort of thing and that's that's why i would if i was going to say something about or recommend three billboards to somebody is revenge plot where and how it destroys it to a small town which that's taking it a little bit too far but for sensationalism that's how you get somebody in the theater
1: it, it that's a little too literal
0: yeah it is of what from what actually
1: happens but it and i will say if there's anything there is a an element of trying to deal with the racism of america and right in the film that i don't think i think that's not like a hidden thing at this point because a lot of people have talked about it and i agree that if there's any film that the if the academy was trying to uh well, quote-unquote a reward a film for bringing up racism i do think get out is the superior story right to to actually deal with racism but i think that three billboards is still a good if not great movie in its writing and in its storytelling but i don't think you should it it doesn't deserve any racism brownie points oh no no solve not at all racism And in
0: fact, it probably makes it worse. Yeah,
1: it's like it it explores just how, you know, how that kind of the darkness is there, and just like it's it's in us, you know.
0: I mean, one of my honestly one of my favorite scenes in there, and we're not going to get into the verbiage there, but is a comedic interchange between two characters over politically correct terms, but also like describing. One character just says flat out what happened and the other character goes, you can't say that and uses the politically correct term next to the awful stuff that literally happened.
1: The description.
0: The the despicable stuff that was happening but thinks that it's okay to couch it because it's in you know
1: It's it's the false reason for... uh,
0: political correctness like right right false
1: he is under false pretenses of what he is saying is politically correct
0: right because he,
1: he is not using a
0: slur. exactly but
1: the other thing is is that scene is so powerful because everything leads to a moment that then
0: undercuts all the tension exactly you
1: know and like it like all of the kind of ha 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 moments like oh but... well and to,
0: to me it also reminds me very much of something like ryan johnson would do but he would do it for a comedic he would do the reverse he would make it a comedic moment come out of all that tension yeah as opposed to a serious dramatic beat that completely just wipes the slate clean and goes okay we're reset like this is a hard reset on that
1: yeah. and, and pause pause we'll deal with this later yeah yeah uh, but, exactly and, but that's like and this is the something you've talked about before is just like the tarantino kind of bounces off of you most of the time there is a little bit of that jackie brownness in the fact that the, it's about the characters it's not so much about how outlandish the style is or how right over the top it is it's almost the subtlety of it is what is so interesting about it. the kind of painterly right like, exactly the those rural portraits and Andrew Wyeth and some of the, like, f- picturesque kind of scenes of uh, American kind of southern gothic stuff. Just, like, is kind of all there. And, uh... But you should totally see three of the words if you have not seen. It's worth watching. It, just even if... So you can have the discussion about it.
0: I completely agree. I... I am so glad that I saw it. I mean, it honestly, it's a theater movie. To hear the reactions of the crowd, if you are lucky to have one, I, I managed to have one in mine. And as soon as I walked out of the theater, um, and it was mostly middle to late age adults that were there to uh, spend, you know, just spend some time and. One of the first things I heard as soon as I walked out was, were you guys laughing? I felt like we were the only people laughing in there. As I know, I was cracking the fuck up. Oh, man.
1: Me, so when I saw, I saw it with my friend Josh and Jess, and most of the crowd was older people. Right. Because it was like a Wednesday afternoon. And uh, because both me and Josh are huge McDonough fans, Right, we are dying at moments that like there is fucking absolute silence because it's of the, course the fucking brutal black comedy moments of that film are, are just they're kind of like they're so in your face that you it's you have to laugh
0: right and uh, but
1: there's some just like just
0: great fucking moments yeah yeah as I said it's. Easily skyrocketed skyrocketed up to one of my favorite movies of all time. So um, I think that's going to do it for our episode today. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to start off, we do have an email for the podcast. It is questions at dubiousconsumers.net. So if you guys do have anything for us, hit us up there. Tell us what you think about the format, what you'd like to hear from us. Um,
1: If you like the... uh... If you like the YouTube stuff, don't forget to go to the, and you would like to support
0: as well as influence,
1: maybe future content, go to the Patreon as well. Check out what's, uh, what's available as far as options to help, uh, us maybe buy better equipment
0: in the future. At least that's, um, um, forward slash just the Um, biggest thing on there is, you know, for $1, you actually get your name featured in all the videos. Um, for $5, you actually get you know, not only early access to the scripts, but you also get the videos um, at least a few hours, if not a day or two early. Just kind of depends on how the months fall in there. So, uh, Nathan, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, they can find me on the internet. No, that was like the most, that was my Skylar moment of the whole thing. I always say the wrong one, so I want to make sure that I actually... Because I didn't
0: bother to check before, you know. you Because
1: know, we're releasing this in late September. <laughs> and, uh, so I, just, I figured I'd just... I, I, I think it might be April. So uh, uh, my Twitter is at me, Neutron. You can find me there. And also you will find episodes of Difficulty Concentrating coming out as I finish them on the Dubious Consumption YouTube channel.
0: Which is YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash... Dubious consumption. You can find me on JustinDHerd.net, which is the hub for dubious consumers, dubious consumption, difficulty concentrating, and what's left of my novel writing. So um, you can also find me on Twitter, um, JustinDHerd, and um, that's uh, trying to kind of your main trying to trying to build up from there. Trying, you know. As a last small little thing, it's really weird to go from being a fiction writer and all the communities you've built up from there, shedding those and trying to rebuild up with the same account. It's definitely a different beast. So, thank you guys for your support, and uh, we'll uh,
1: we'll see you more frequently.
0: There we go. That's, there that's you. better than saying we're back, I guess. Yeah. We will see you more we, We've day. rebooted. Even if it starts in late September. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, set fire to the hive, guys, and we'll catch you later. Peace. Peace.